Whitney. Welcome back to church tonight. Thank you for joining us for our online service. Don't forget this Tuesday to vote. Go out and vote. Uh, it is our privilege and opportunity to be able to have a say in who the leaders of our country are for these next several years. And so I hope that you will go out, that you will vote. Uh, everyone should vote. We have no excuses. I've made it easy. If you haven't already voted this coming Tuesday, please go out uh, and exercise your right to vote. We've been in the book of Ephesians. We're going to continue there tonight. Uh, so I hope you'll grab your Bibles, get ready uh, to hear from God's Word. Don't forget this coming Sunday, the 8th, we'll be starting Sunday school back here at church at 10 a.m. Be watching for several announcements about that. We are excited to be back together for that. Continue to pray for our pastor. Uh, he is doing better. He is healing. Uh, and pray that God would just continue to strengthen and encourage him, Miss Ann. Uh, we are thankful for them, uh, and I know that they appreciate your prayers. Ephesians chapter number one, we've looked at some of the blessings of the Holy Spirit. We have the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. God, God has blessed us with so, so much. We've looked at uh, last Wednesday, we looked at we are chosen by God. We are predestinated by God to become his children, uh, to, be, to be adopted, and we are accepted by God. We are chosen, predestinated, and accepted. Then this morning we looked at that we are redeemed and we are forgiven by God. Not only that, but he has revealed his will to us and he has given us an inheritance. All these blessings of God. Uh, tonight we're going to look at a, one particular blessings and two parts of it, and that is the blessing of the Holy Spirit that God has given us. God has blessed us with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13 and 14. Read along with me. The Bible says this. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to open your word. I pray that you would help us to realize how blessed we are as Christians, as children of God, and that we would live in light of that, that we would, uh, as we look at the Holy Spirit tonight and just what a blessing the Holy Spirit is by itself to our lives, Lord, I just thank you for the blessings that you have given to us as Christians. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read this first verse. What does it start out talking about? Verse number 13, it says... In whom also, in whom ye also trusted. We've trusted in God. We've heard the truth. We've heard the gospel of our salvation. So we trusted, we believed, and then Christ, when we believed, he sealed us. Not just with anything, he sealed us with the Holy Spirit. Well, what does it mean to seal? It means to set a seal or a mark upon, mark upon a seal with a seal. Uh, a seal was used for, has been, is used, has been in the past used for many, many different things. Uh, I think initially what I always think of is uh, somebody dropping wax on a letter and taking a ring seal or a, a family seal and sealing a letter closed. Uh, and that's just the generic thing that we think of. More modern day, what do we use a seal for? Well, if you need to go get something notarized. You go somewhere and somebody looks at your ID, make sure you are who you say you are. You sign the paper and they put their seal on that paper saying that that paper is authentic. It is who it says it was that signed it. But a seal can be used. We're going to look at three specific things a seal can be used for and how it kind of relates with the Holy Spirit uh, and how it, it has seals us. 
Uh, number one, a seal can be, can be used to guarantee the genuineness of a document. And that's when we go and get that seal put on a, a letter that we get notarized that says that that document is genuine, it is real, it is an actual signature. Uh, and that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does to us. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, we're going to be flipping back and forth, so keep your finger in Romans chapter 8. Verse number 15, the Bible says, For ye not have ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We're adopted. We've already looked at that. But verse 16 goes on to say, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. It, the Holy Spirit proves that we are authentic. When it starts to work in our lives, when the Holy Spirit convicts and we, we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit at the point of salvation, it proves that we are genuine. It is that seal of genuineness to a Christian. If you are a Christian and you start sinning and you're living in a life of sin, a good mark that you are a Christian is when you start to feel conviction for that sin and you know you're wrong. Uh, I would be scared if I thought I was a born-again believer and uh, in Christ and I had no conviction when I did wrong. Uh, why? Because that Holy Spirit lives in us and it tells us that we are genuine Christians. Uh, if you remember when we started the series on the book of James, uh, the book of James talking about are you the real deal, uh, we talked about coach purses and all the different marks that they put in their purses to make sure that they, you know that you have a genuine coach purse, whether it's the lining aside and how they've made it or the embossed leather with the uh, serial number of the purse or how they design their tags or how they design and hand stitch the outside. Uh, there are all these marks that prove that it is real. And as in us, there should be marks as Christians that tell that we are really sealed with the Holy Spirit. And the, the fruit that we produce in our lives in the book of James, uh, James chapter 1, just chalked full of things that should be marked, uh, that a Christian should be marked as. But one of the main things when we get saved, when you pray and ask Jesus Christ as your Savior, immediately we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Now, don't ever get indwelling and full in uh, the filling of the Spirit mixed up. At the point of salvation, you are indwelled by the Spirit. And as a Christian, we must choose to be filled with the Spirit. We're always indwelled. We never lose that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but we can live lives as Christians when we are not filled with the Spirit. We can allow sin in our lives and not really be filled with the Holy Spirit of God and have that indwelling still and have the Spirit in there, but allow sin to take its place. And when we start putting sin in our life and start putting this junk in our life, we can't be filled with the Holy Spirit because we have other things in there. But the Holy Spirit will convict us and God will convict us and try to get those sins out of our life so that the Spirit can fill us once again and we can be used to the full capacity. You think of a cup. If you take a cup... Uh, and you can fill it with water, and you can fit a bunch of water in it. Well, can I tell you, if you start putting rocks in that cup, it starts to displace some of that water, and that water is going to come out of the cup. Uh, and while the water will still be in the cup, there won't be near as much. But if you get those rocks out and the dirt and stuff out of your life, you can put more water in that and fill that cup again with water. The same is true with us as Christians. We are indwelt at the time of salvation with the Holy Spirit, and then as Christians we have to choose to live a Spirit-filled Life, but the Holy Spirit's given to us. It is a seal that we are a real Christian. What's another reason a seal can be used? It can be used to mark ownership. I think of, uh, have you ever written your name on a tool or on an item, lady, that, ladies, that you wanted to get back? Maybe it's your favorite casserole dish. And you want to make sure you get that back so you put your name on it. Why? It's yours. It proves ownership so that you can make sure that you get it back. And the same way, we're back in Romans chapter 8. 
Verse number 9, the Bible says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit of God. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. It proves that we are God's. He owns us. When we put our faith and trust in him, we become children of God. We are his people. It marks ownership. It is given to us uh, not only to guarantee the genuineness of, of our salvation. It's also given to us, the Holy Spirit, he's given to us to indwell us, to evidence that we are Christ, we are owned by him. But also, um, what do we use seals for today? I think of medication. Uh, if you go buy cough syrup at the store, there's that protective seal, that safety seal on there that proves that it hasn't been tampered with, that it is safe, that it is protected from outside forces, from outside people tampering with that medication or with that food. Uh, you think of ice cream. After all the craziness that happened with ice cream and people tampering with ice cream in the grocery stores, I decided if ice cream doesn't have a tamper-proof seal around the outside, I'm not going to buy it because who knows who opened it and what they did to it. Uh, and so when I look at ice cream now, I look for that tamper-proof seal because I want it proved that it hasn't been opened since it came from the factory. Why? To prove that no foreign objects are in there, that nobody's messed with it or tampered with it, and it is safe to eat. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit has been given to us um, to protect us. To protect us from the harms and the attacks of Satan, to convict us of sin, and to protect us from the effects of sin. Uh, and, and so it's there to convict and there to prove that we are his and there to protect us. Uh, it's been given to us. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and what a blessing that that is. But when are we sealed? Well, if we look at if back in Ephesians chapter number 1, a sealing only happens after we believe in Christ. How do we know that? Verse 13 starts about in who, starts out by saying, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So after you believe, then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So it only happens after you've heard, you believed, you've trusted in him, and then the Holy Spirit indwells you, and ye are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is where it all starts. So if you're here today, you're a born-again believer, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you believed in him, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. What a great promise that is, that we are sealed, we are his. Uh, it is an amazing, amazing thought. Uh, and I always think back to the, the Toy Story movie where Andy writes his name on the bottom of Woody's foot to prove that that was his. Christ is happy that we are his children. He has marked us, he has sealed us with the Holy Spirit of promise. We are his. We are his children. We are adopted. We are sons of God. And how amazing that is that we are marked as his. Number two, not only are, are we sealed, but also the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. The next verse says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. What does that mean? That means it's a guarantee. It's a down payment. The Holy Spirit was given to us to indwell us as a down payment. Uh, when did the Holy Spirit come? Jesus Christ walked this earth, uh, and when he went back into heaven, he sent another, the Comforter, to come and to be with us. It, it is a promise. When Christ went up into heaven, he goes, I will come again and receive you unto myself. He will be back. 
And the Holy Spirit is that promise that I am coming again. It is the earnest, it is the down payment to give you a promise to know that Jesus Christ is coming back. And what a great promise that is. Christ could have just gone and given us his word. Uh, because every promise that God has given in his word, I've never found him to go back on a promise. Uh, God is trustworthy. So that would have just been enough for him to say, I will come again and receive you unto myself. But he gave us that earnest of the Holy Spirit coming to indwell inside of us, to give us just even more surety that he will come again. He will be back to receive us to himself. It is a guarantee. It is a promise. Uh, what does the Holy Spirit do? It's a guarantee. It's, a, it's the earnest of our inheritance. Uh, he blesses us. Uh, can I tell you the blessings that we have here on this earth of having the Holy Spirit indwell us and the work that he does, and he does a great work in our lives, and it's amazing, but it is just a foretaste of what heaven will be like. Stop and imagine one day when we'll be able to stand face to face with God the Father and worship and lay our crowns at Jesus' feet. How amazing that will be. And if the Holy Spirit does this work here in an imperfect world when we are in heaven where there is no sin, where there is no death, dying, uh, any of that, is a, it is a perfect place. How amazing that will be one day. And yet, as, in, as some examples we're going to look at here in just a moment, the Holy Spirit can do a great work now. What does Acts 1.8 say, say? It says, and ye shall receive, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the Holy Ghost comes upon us, we're saved, it's here. Uh, then ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So when we go, just like the Sunday school lesson said this morning, uh, Moses went and God gave him uh, the someone to go with him. He didn't expect him to go alone. God was there with him, giving him the words to say. Also, the same exact way, the Holy Spirit is with us and gives us power. Not only that, back in the book of Romans chapter number 15... Romans chapter 15 and verse number 13. The Bible says this, Now the God of hope fill ye with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can look through over and over again and see different examples of where the Holy Spirit is referred to in the power that it gives us in our lives, that he would grant you, Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit and the inner man. The, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us and gives us power. And he will serve in that capacity until Jesus Christ comes and receives us back to himself and we are in heaven. So the day that we die, or to the day that we are uh, called back to be in heaven with him, uh, why? Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and so until that day, we are sealed and we are guaranteed that Christ is coming back because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. That inheritance is coming. That inheritance, the home in heaven, the promise that we have. And we have a down payment that Christ will come back and receive us to himself. So we are sealed. We have the earnest of the inheritance, the down payment. Uh, what should our reaction be? We should praise God and thank him for how he has blessed us with the Holy Spirit. Uh, this last one I wanted to do by itself because it is such a huge blessing and an encouragement to know that we have a promised home in heaven. And he will come again and receive us to himself. Behold, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. One day we'll all be in heaven if you are saved, born again, rejoicing, worshiping at Christ's feet, living in a perfect body, 
and a perfect world. And what a great and glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day, that will be. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the promise that you have, the earnest of our inheritance, that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Lord, uh, I pray that we would live like that, that we would live like we are yours, that we are owned by you, that we are servants to you and indebted to you for your graciousness to us. Lord, I thank you and praise you uh, for what you're going to do. I pray that you be with the people this week, protect them, uh, bring them back safely for church Wednesday night and for Sunday school next Sunday and Sunday morning worship. And we give you the thanks and praise for everything that you do and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I do encourage you to be here this coming Wednesday, 7 p.m. for our Wednesday evening prayer service. Next Sunday starts our on uh, starts our in-person Sunday school. Uh, so I hope that you'll be able to be here. Bring your books next Sunday morning. Uh, also, don't forget, men, this coming Saturday, men's prayer be- breakfast, 8.30 a.m. here at the church. I hope you'll make your plans to be here. God bless. Have a great week, and we'll see you Wednesday.